Well, welcome back. I am so excited that we got a chance to get back together. This is an amazing thing that you allow us to come into your home and share the Word of God with you. We're excited to be with you this morning, wherever you are. Maybe you're sitting out on your patio or maybe you're in your living room. We just want you to know that God is with you, that we love you, and we're excited to share with you this morning what God has in store for you. Uh, right now, Lynn's going to come and open us up with prayer and just sh uh, share a brief passage. Lynn? Good morning. So glad to see you this morning. So I want to read from Philippians 4, 6. It says, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God and God's peace shall be yours. And that's what I want to pray over us this morning, is this, that we would have the peace of God, no matter what our circumstances are, that we would begin to trust in him for the outcome of this situation. So let's just join together and pray. God, we just thank you for today. We thank you for this time where we can worship you, where we can rest in your promises, Lord. And I pray, Father, that your peace that passes all understanding would flood over us. Lord, that we would find joy in the midst of our circumstances. We thank you for invading our homes with love, Lord. We praise you and we thank you for today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, let's get right into the Word of God. I'm excited to bring this to you today. I know that it's going to be an amazing, amazing Word of God just for you. It's going to speak to you. So let's jump into this. We're going to talk about today, action brings clarity. When we begin to take action in something, we begin to get clarity. In Mark chapter 8, we have a story of Jesus. And Jesus comes in and he begins to um, do what Jesus does, right? Healing the sick and raising the dead and connecting with people and, and, and teaching humanity about heaven and about who he is and he comes across this blind man in Mark chapter 8, verse 22. I want to read that story to you. In Mark 8, 22, they came to Bethesda, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to heal him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. He looked up and said, or, I'm sorry, Jesus goes on once more. Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened. His sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home saying, don't even go into the village. Don't even go back there. And so let's back all the way up and start at the beginning of this verse. Here we have the town of Bethesda. The word Bethesda means house of, Beth, house of, Seda, hunting or fishing. It is the house of hunting and fishing. And if you know anything about Bethesda, it's settled right on the sea. And so it was common there'd be a lot of fishermen. This town was known for its fishing. It was known for people... When you fish and hunt, you're searching for something. It's known for its people who hunt and fish 
And all around us every day, there are people searching for something, searching for answers, looking for that catch, looking for that kill, looking for that one thing that's going to make their life better. All around us are people searching. And Jesus goes into that village, intentionally goes into that village. And he goes in and and here's a blind man and the people bring the blind man. And the blind man has no vision. He has no sight. Some scholars tell us that he was likely born blind, that he's he's been this way since, since birth. And Jesus knew exactly what he wanted to do. But in order to accomplish his goal, he had to get the guy outside the town. He had to get the guy away from everything. He had to get the guy away from the doubt. He had to get the guy away from the complaining. He had to get the guy away from those that might seek to just kind of brush off the miracle that Jesus was about to do. And in our lives, we got people all around us that want to brush off the miracles in our life. They want to chalk it up to coincidence. They want to do whatever, right? Well, that was just, you know, what, whatever. You, you make up the excuse. You know full well what I'm talking about. And Jesus says, you know what? No, we're not hanging out here. I'm getting you out of this environment. I'm taking you out of this place. I'm getting you quarantined. I'm getting you away from things because I want to be with you. I don't know about your personal walk with God, but in this quarantine time, my walk has gotten stronger. My walk has gotten better. In fact, I just talked to a group of guys this morning as we talked about our walk with Christ, and we said, you know what? We're really learning what it means to be alone with God and to wrestle with God and to not just do a scripture reading and a devotional and then pray and then go on about our way, but to truly wrestle with God, to know that when I walk away in my time with God, I have changed. Something's different. That when I encounter Jesus, I'm not the same person I was before I encountered him, just like this blind man. That when I get alone with God and I begin to spend time with God, it's not just a little devotion, reading a Bible verse, and then praying that, that my aunt gets well. While all of that's important, it's about real introspection, real looking into yourself and saying, man, what, God, what about me needs to change? Well, Jesus knew full well what needed to change with this man. This man himself knew what needed to be changed. He needed vision. And for him to get vision, he had to get away from the naysayers. He had to get away from the people looking for answers. And so Jesus took him by the hand and led him out of town. And so what's Jesus do, right? (laughs) As I'm reading this, it doesn't say that like Jesus spit on his hands and rubbed it together and put it on his eyes. It literally says... Jesus spit on the guy's eyes. Jesus spit in this dude's face. Now, I'm just like, I'm thinking like if I'm Peter or if I'm John or James or any of the disciples, I'm like, "Um, Jesus, Jesus, come come here, brother. We We don't do that down here on earth. That's... That's like an insult, okay? Like maybe in heaven, y'all run around heaven spitting on things. I don't know. But on earth, we don't do that. Well, the Bible doesn't say any of his disciples did pull in his eyes and tell him that. But Jesus spit on the man's eyes for whatever reason. 
Now, it's believed in some cultures in that day, especially in Greek culture, Roman culture, Jewish culture, um, it's believed that there is healing properties in spit, in saliva. And it's actually, in those days, was used as an eye salve. If you had sores in your eyes, you would rub saliva in your eyes to heal them. I, I, I don't know if that was Jesus' reasoning. I'm not going to try and speculate but that is a fact of that culture and what they believed about uh, saliva. And so <laughs> Jesus just spits in this dude's face. Totally. But here's what I want you to hear. Jesus took action. Jesus took action. Now, it maybe didn't make a lot of sense to us. It maybe didn't make a lot of sense probably to his disciples. Like, did you, did you just see that? Like multiplying fish and loaves and bread and stuff that, and walking on the water, that's one thing. But to walk up and spit in a blind dude's face who can't even see it coming, like the dude can't even dodge it. He can't see the spit coming. Did you see what he just did? But Jesus took action. And the action that Jesus took brought clarity to this man. Right? And so here's the first thing I want you to understand, as I said from the outset. Action creates clarity. And so Jesus acted. Think about this as Palm Sunday. Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey, right? And people are laying palm branches before him. And as he goes into Jerusalem, he's taking action. Do you realize that riding into a city on a horse is something that's only done by an emperor, done by a king. A king only rides into a city on any type of horse. What do you think Jesus is telling the ruling authorities when he gets on a donkey, a type of horse, in the horse family, and rides into Jerusalem? He's saying, boys, there's a new kingdom coming. Be ready, right? The Bible says that heaven and earth might pass away, but my words will never pass away. The Bible says that nations will rise and nations will fall, but the kingdom of God will stand forever. Let's, I mean, let's talk about this. I mean, we've got COVID-19, COVID right? COVID-19 is running rampant. Where'd the sports go? What happened to the sports world? The church is still here. The church is still active. The church is still thriving. Where's the sports world? The restaurants are here, barely. The church is thriving. The church is growing. People are seeking God. Ministers are being asked to pray on news networks. The kingdom of God is here and active and loving and caring and taking action. So Jesus rides in on a donkey and he takes an action that says, there's a new kingdom coming. Be prepared. He took action upon the cross and dying on the cross. He said, I'm taking the sins of the world on me. And next week, of course, we celebrate Easter. I don't know about you. I heard somebody say that this is going to be the one year we don't get to celebrate Easter. Um, I have news for you. I celebrate Easter every stinking day. Why? Because if it's not for the grace of God and his mercies being new every morning, I don't get out of bed. I don't survive. My marriage doesn't stay together. My parenting skills don't stay honed. 
if it's not for the love of Jesus and keeping my life in the arms of Jesus. And so I celebrate Easter every day, every day. Jesus took action on Easter, as we're going to talk about next week. And here's what I can tell you, that God is waiting for you to move. God is waiting for you to take action on whatever it is that he told you to do, right? Maybe he's already spoken to you. Maybe he's already said, hey, you need to go out and it's time to start that business. Hey, it, it's time to, to separate and pull away from these people and go join a new tribe that I've got for you. Whatever it is, it's time to do it. It's time to stop sitting around on our duff and being in quarantine. We are a society and a culture and a world that is connected whether we're together or not. And we can still take action. We can still move. And here's what I'm going to tell you, that as you begin to take action, God will begin to move. God's direction and your action create transformation. God's action, I'm sorry, God's direction and your action creates transformation. I want to share with you a story about a friend of mine who, he felt God prompting him at 11 o'clock at night, he's just laying on the couch and he's debating, do I go to bed or do I jump on Facebook and go live and share with people what COVID-19 really does to the body? And he's laying there, he's wrestling with this. And then he gets a text or a phone call or something from a buddy at 11 o'clock at night and says, dude, you have to tell people what you know about COVID-19. So he says, okay, I'll get up and do it. And so he does it. He takes action. The video has gone viral. As of three days ago, there were over 115,000 views. He's been on news networks now as a result of his 12-minute video about COVID-19 and what it does to the body. He took action and there was impact. And he's brought clarity to literally now hundreds of thousands of people because he took action. And in verse, 20, in verse 25, it says that his sight was restored. You see, Jesus said, well, I've restored your sight. What do you see? I see people and they look like trees walking around. Jesus is like, all right, that ain't good enough. But the man took action. He answered Jesus's question. And in answering Jesus's question, Jesus stepped in and fully healed him. How long as Christians, when God speaks to us, how long are we going to be spineless, marshmallow, gummy bear Christians and stand around and be soft about what God has spoken to us and what God has told us to do? We don't need gummy bear Christians. The, the Bible says in Proverbs 28, verse 1, Proverbs chapter 28, verse 1, that the righteous are as bold as a lion. And if you're righteous, which simply means you're in right standing with God, then your job is to be as bold as a lion with your faith or whatever it is that God's calling you to do. Your job is to be bold with that. The word bold means daring, courageous, not sitting still. And so those that are righteous, those that are in right standing with God should not be sitting still. You know, when I watch National Geographic or some show about lions, you know what I never, ever see? This might shock you. I never see the lion worried or losing sleep at night over what the herd of zebras are doing. I don't. Lions don't worry about that. Why? Because they know who they are. 
They have vision, they have sight, and they go after it. Lions don't lose sleep over a herd of zebras. We shouldn't be losing sleep over what God's asked us to do if he's placed the vision in our heart. Step out and begin to act like it. And then he says, Jesus says something very interesting to the man. When his sight is fully restored, he says in verse 25, his sight was restored and he saw everything. His sight was restored and he saw everything. You notice the difference? Sight was restored. He saw everything. Sight is a matter of the eyes. Vision is a matter of the heart. Sight is a matter of the eyes, but vision is a matter of the heart. What's your vision? What's your heart telling you? Because once he had the vision, and once he had the sight, and once he had learned to act, Jesus said, don't you go back to that village. Don't you go back there with the doubters and the haters and the naysayers. Don't you go back to that. Because guess what will happen to your vision if you go back to Bethesda? What happens if you take your vision and what God's given you and you go back to the people that Jesus has just called you out from? You'll go right back to doubting. You'll go right back to wondering what's going on. Christianity is not seeing than believing. Christianity is believing than seeing. So don't go back. Once you have a vision in your heart and God's given you something, don't go back. Keep pushing on. Keep pushing forward. Be the lion who's like, man, I'm not losing sleep over the zebras. I'll eat them tomorrow. I'll find them. I've got vision for it. So I want to encourage you this morning. If God's spoken to you about something, it's time to take action. It's time to move forward. Will you do that with me this morning? Will you search your heart in this time of quarantine and just begin to examine your heart? Examine what God's speaking to you. Take the extra time. In closing, I just want to share one last thing. In my meeting this morning with some men, one of the men said, I have grown so much closer to God because I've stopped with just the reading of scripture and then praying and giving it some thought. He said, I've really been thinking about this scripture. And here's the amazing thing. He says, when we get back into our normal routine, whatever normal is, when I get back to that, he says, I'm going to have to set my alarm clock earlier because now I know what it means to connect with God and have vision. I want you to take action this morning on whatever God's given you. Go for it. Achieve it. Don't stop until you arrive at a place that God has for you. Thank you for being with us today. I'm going to let Lynn close us out. Lynn, you want to come and pray and close us out? Thank you, Tyson, for that word this morning. Let's pray. God, we just uh, thank you for today. Thank you for this word. Um, I pray that it would grow deep within our hearts, Lord, that we would recognize who you are in our lives and what you're going to do in and through us, Lord. I pray that you would move us to action, to do the things that you've called us to do. Lord, I pray right now for those who are sick and hurting, and I pray for your healing power and your healing touch to be upon them right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you that by your stripes we are healed, and we praise you for that, Father. 
I come against discouragement and frustration, loneliness and depression. We stand against those things right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for surrounding us with your peace, your love, your grace, and joy overflowing, Father. We thank you for what you're going to do in the days to come. We thank you that you love us unconditionally. God, I pray right now for anyone out there whose um, heart is far from you, that if they don't know you, Lord, that they would um, just seek out someone who does and that they would come into that relationship with you, Father. We thank you for offering us hope and salvation, Lord. We love you so much and we give you the praise in your name. Amen. I hope you all have a great week. Let us know if you need anything. We love you and um, we're here for you.